0: Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, the defending, the defending, the defending, the faking,
1: the fending, the, fending, the fending,
0: universal heavyweight
1: champion. Wildcat Radio 2.0. Bear down, you beautiful people. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Berry. And Brett, I guess for the first time in, let's see, it's recording on September 17th, so for the first time since, like, March-ish, there seems to be hope that football may happen this fall, I guess. Okay, we could say that when the Pac-12 announced they are going to do, like, their September start. Like, Arizona was supposed to be playing ASU next week. That we didn't think was going to last very long, and it didn't. But all of a sudden, this week, um, the Big Ten decided they're going to go forward and try to play a fall season, and the Pac-12 it was a lot easier for the Pac-12 to sit idly by when the Big Ten was not playing either. They're kind of bull partners; it would have made sense. Hey, another big Power Five conference not playing, but once the Big Ten decided they wanted to go forward, there's a lot of chatter about the Pac-12s doing the same thing, and even President Donald Trump mentioned the Pac-12 at a press conference. So apparently, Pac-12 football may happen.
0: Yeah, I mean as. As someone who is a football fan and would love nothing more than to see a full complete and relatively safe football season, you know, I think you feel a little bit more optimistic with each passing week. Um, you know, I think anybody that tells you they're that they are certain of where things are going is either a fool or a liar because there's still so many unknowns. Mm-hmm. You know, the Pac-12 has gotten a lot of crap from really all angles first for doing the reschedule that was like, wow, you just kind of inverted this. Like maybe that was a good aggressive approach, which people seem to have forgotten that they did. And now they just focus on that. They cut the season through, through 2020. Right. Which some people are like, well, that might be a little more aggressive than is needed. But what, what that delay did is it bought some more time relative to other programs where time is your friend in terms of understanding how the disease is transmitted to get things in place you know we have the rapid tests available uh, that that the the Pac-12 and the schools are are starting to use more regularly. Arizona's been at the forefront of that, though. Even even with those rapid tests, Adam, there's like, there's new there's nuance there that I don't think the casual uh, layperson on Twitter knows. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, all the Twitter epidemiologists and uh, and virologists, like. For example, my fiancé and I went downtown a few weeks ago, and they were offering free um, free saliva tests, which is the rapid test, right? The 15-minute uh, ones? Yeah, they have it at the courthouse because they're still trying to have court, and you know, Ellie ha- has to now cover there. So we figured while we were down there, maybe we'll go do that. Unfortunately, we had just gotten a cup of coffee to go, and we're walking around with it. And if you have eaten or drank anything in the prior 30 minutes, you are always going to test negative, Oh. <laughs> which is an interesting factoid that like there's there's another layer of control there that like people need to be aware of that like it's not just a 15 minute thing it's like you need to watch everybody to make sure they're not eating or drinking something for 30 minutes leading up to it that's doable
1: though because you could look at your players and you could put them in a room and say you have to sit here for 30 minutes and you get nothing like no nothing to eat nothing like that's that's for once you know that's the case like if you were going down there for that purpose to get tested you would know not to do. It's like when you gonna have surgery the next day. Or you have a some sort of medical thing. you're know, Like don't eat or drink for twelve hours or something. When you know you
0: have to do that, that's doable. Yeah, but far be it for any uh, athlete to ever perhaps game the system to test negative for something. But but. This, this, like, to <laughs> your point, and like, I agree with you. Like, if the Pac-12 should get
1: criticized for anything with all this, right? And they, they haven't. We're recording this on Thursday. There's some talk that they might. They're going to be meeting on Friday, so by the time you listen to this, maybe something has changed here. But if it does, let's assume it does, because I have a hard time believing that the Pac-12 will not try to follow suit, in part because of just peer pressure, right? They can't be the only Power 5 conference not playing, but also because of the testing. That the, the landscape has changed over the last month and a half. Like, it was early August or late September when they're like, yep, we're going to do short shortened season, and Arizona's going to play ASU on September, what, 26th? You know, that was a little more than a month ago. When they decided then it was like 10 days later, they're like, oh, yeah, never mind, because things had changed a little more than a month ago. The numbers were going down. They thought this might be doable. Then two weeks later, it's like oh, numbers are back up. We can't do that. And if the Pac-12 messed up anywhere to me, like I know, like uh, the school or family Twitter account criticized the Pac-12 for things. It's like for saying they weren't going to play till January and then maybe starting up now. But like time, no one knew what time would bring. But I don't know if the Pacto should have said, okay, January 1 because that was an arbitrary date, right? There was no difference between January 1st and December 1st or November 1st when it came to, you know, other than the fact that, say, like February 1st would be more likely than January 1st because time is your friend in this. So that was the only thing I think you could criticize him for was the January yeah. 1st date because it made no sense in terms of the science it made no sense in terms of anything other than hey it's a new year and unfortunately for all of us i don't think the calendar turning to 2021 will all of a sudden make all this terrible stuff
0: go away yeah i mean i don't intend to be a larry scott apologist by any means no no but you know i i think if you want to take the 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 best thing i can think of for the january 1 arbitrary date would be that if you just say Oh, we're going to delay two weeks or four weeks or six weeks or indefinitely. You're going to consistently face, uh, shall we say, the non-scientific based pressure. Yeah. Um, and so if if I'm going to try to make, you know, be an apologist for the Pac-12 decision on that, I could see that being an, uh, an actual reason why somebody would do that and just say, I'm going to do this. And I, guess what? I can always go back and change it. Now, I don't I can't I don't know if that's what was the decision there, but. You know, in in the sense of it, kind of for 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 all their uh, for all the criticism, you know, people forget that they were aggressive with the rescheduling early, and now people only focus on the canceling through twenty twenty, right? And you can't you can't kind of you can't have it both ways in the sense of like, oh, the Pac twelve doesn't want to play football. You know why they do
1: that (laughs) is because. Like For Arizona, obviously, they're not looking at the Schooler brothers leaving and like, oh, look, you did Pac-12, but Oregon's lost some players who have already declared for the draft. Are they going to come back now? Like, who knows? USC, like, that. that's why, because the yeah. Pac-12 in the last six weeks, seven weeks, has lost some talent because of the January 1 thing. And I agree, it, it would have been... I think it would have been foolish of Larry Scott and Pactol to say every two weeks, we're going to evaluate this because even then they could make a plan right now that they're going to start in November. And I think that's been the thing that like maybe around Thanksgiving has been kind of thrown around as a possibility, because as we're going to talk about the Spruce Feldman article about how there's coaches who don't feel like any team is anywhere near being ready to play football, but like even in the two weeks or whatever, in the time between now and their projected start date, things could change again. And that's the hardest thing for this. Now what's happening is you see other conferences playing, And they're having – some of them are losing. Like LSU apparently revealed that their entire team had COVID, so that's cool. But (laughs) you're seeing some teams have to postpone games. You're seeing some teams lose a dozen players at a time because either contact tracing or testing positive So those are things that you can't control, or I mean, you really can't as you're trying to play. So even though other programs, other conferences are playing football right now, it doesn't mean that they're going to be able to finish their season the way it is. So even if the Pac-12 decides, okay, if they decide on September 18th that they're going to play on, let's say, November 26th or whatever, I know basketball is talking about doing around that time too, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Because so much can change. So time can be your biggest ally in terms of testing, in terms of therapeutics and understanding this virus and how to mitigate it and minimize a chance of contracting it. But also time could be your enemy in that anything can happen. Like the numbers were doing well, like they're getting better in a lot of places. They could spike again, especially as we get closer to flu in the flu season. So it's so much unknown and to the Pac twelve, I guess maybe what they were doing is trying to take some control over. It. Like you said, you could book it, say, okay, January one, we'll look at it four months down the road, and then you could always come back from that. As opposed to saying, okay, we're going to do it a month from now, then a month from then, and a month from then. Like, that would just get annoying. <laughs> people would be criticizing yeah. for that, too. So, and really, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't when it comes to these conferences. Now, if you can go out, start playing, and play the entire season, then people are going to be like, if the other conferences that are playing can do that, then you might look at the Pac-12 and say, like, why couldn't you do that? But until that happens, it's hard to really dog on the Pac-12 for what they did, because as far as we know, as of right
0: now, what they did was the right thing to do. Yeah, and as with all things coronavirus pandemic related, it's complicated, right? Um, I think the last thing I saw was the Pac-12 was even trying to push it to be like late October start, uh, which is like they're trying to back in from like the New Year's bowl schedule with the other schools. But the challenge with that is there is literally no room for error. And honestly, the most likely outcome of all this, it comes back to – you know the most likely outcome of this is just going to be a big hot mess, mm-hmm. um and like nobody really like is the objective to have something resembling a season, or are they just trying to get to where they can get the new year 's bowls filled with the conference champs and everybody can make their money right oh, absolutely that 's a big part of it yeah, and like the but the, the, they 're going to run into problems when you have some teams that only get to play five games and they run out of weeks right yeah. um and like there's a very real chance that some of these schools especially in some of these states that have you know cases are going have gone awry on campus are going to go in a negative direction like and and th- you brought up les miles and lsu like we don't let's let's be real we've we've praised the what has been presented to the public for arizona um in terms of how they've been treating and approaching and testing and i th- from from all reports in general, it seems like that that is generally a true statement. But I I think when it comes to things like this, that that LSU t- story shows you that there's there's medical privacy issues to consider. There's just uh, let's say other interests that may make people want to keep cases private and not public information. Well, until there's injury that, reports, how would you even know? Like they don't.
1: At some point, when you see a team as missing a dozen players with undisclosed issues you can generally guess that it's covid related doesn't mean they have it but there's that's covid related
0: and that's happening for pretty much everybody even the ones that are playing yeah and the 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 the, thing, the reason why i think it's most likely going to be a mess is because of the mismatch timing because there's been no leadership from the ncaa downward um, and even in the pac12 conference you know the, the, the I don't want to make this into a political thing, but the challenge is that like look at the conference with the governors in certain states and then the governors point to the the counties. it's just like how you know our national leadership points to the governors who point to the well, counties who point to the mayors and nobody nobody ever nobody knows what to do and wants to make the call and well, so therefore it makes for a mess
1: it's fair no one knows what to do because no one really knows what to do. You know that, that that's fair. Right. <laughs> now there are people in, in positions who can talk to people who allegedly know what they're what to do, like the scientists. But obviously, scientists have and doctors have a different viewpoint than people who want football to happen. Like they all may want football, but their focus on something is entirely on the virus as opposed to like there's. I don't want to pretend to think that there was an easy way out of this. And like front of the program, Michael Levin mentioned, he tweeted out earlier today, like this crazy thought, I'm going to paraphrase him here, but like what if the entire college football world had just taken the same approach and said, they're going to start their seasons in like October or November, right? Like just, they're all going to wait. And that way they can all start at the same time. If they were going to be able to do that and do their bowl games, do everything, it would be as fair as you can get. But of course, to your point, there was no national plan for the virus, like, government wise college football had no plan for this either there was no organization between all of them to say this is how we're going to do it which left the confidence to do this up to their own devices and even within the conference like part of the problem that the pac-12 sees or at least when this all started coming about was that the schools in california and oregon didn't think they were allowed to do anything and then everybody's like why not and the governor i think newsom in california is like oh they can do that like we weren't stopping them from practicing it's like wait what like, I don't know what the truth is. You know, I'm sure it's not quite as clear as he's making it out to be. And I'm sure, like, because no one knows. And to, our, to some credit, like, it's, I'd rather err on the side of safety and caution. That's where yep. I think the Pac 12 deserves its credit is that no reason to rush into anything just to try it because the, your test subjects here are student athletes. You know, it's the coaches on the field. It's, it's everyone like this isn't just like, oh, let's see what happens. And if it goes poorly, no worries. It's if it goes poorly, there could be devastating consequences. So I understand going the safe route. And I also understand if they decide now, especially with the Big Ten ramping up and some of these schools seemingly being able to do this without losing entire rosters and having, you know, mass issues. Again, we may not know. We may not know, but if that's the case, then it makes sense to start kind of dipping a toe in the water and say, okay, what can you get away with? You know, so now if the California schools are allowed to have some practices, they can start slowly gearing up towards a potential November season. Again, November is right in the middle of flu season, so that could be just bad all the way around, but you might as well slowly work your way towards that until you have to stop and even if like i was saying, even if the pacto decides to go forward with this it doesn't mean it's going to happen even if these other schools are going forward with it it doesn't mean they're going to be able to continue such as the nature of trying to play sports and football during a pandemic
0: yeah it's the it's it's your and my wedding planning in pandemic times adam we're planning it until we're not right yeah um and that's what it is and there needs to be prudence there and like somehow lost in all of this conversation in the Pac-12 is that the University of Arizona uh, did a shelter in place order for 2 weeks starting a couple of days ago like yeah. and it, which brings back, you know, from an NCAA perspective, if you're going to move forward with the season, you have students on campus at all these places now. Uh some of the schools are like we should send them home and then, you know, Anthony Fauci the national infectious disease leader is like, well, He's now like, you no, 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 don't s- do that. <laughs> now, now you keep making you keep amplifying bad decisions. But from a amateurism perspective, if you're only having athletes be on campus, then that's a then that, that, that's another damned if you do situation. I feel like for for the NCA and these conferences. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, Michael Lev's humble suggestion of more patients would have been well received and increased the likelihood of having an outcome that would have been. Best all around for all parties, but here we are. Um, yeah, you know. So, I hope. I really, really, genuinely hope everything goes smoothly. Hell, I hope the disease disappears naturally tomorrow for some reason. You know, maybe f- forest fire smoke kills the disease, and that <laughs> blows across the country. <laughs> so it kills and everyone can, uh, else too. So I don't think it would. Like it would kill the disease. Yes, <laughs> eventually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we killed We killed all the hosts. Take that, Corona. <laughs> but but that's, um, that's what's
1: tough about this, though, because I, it's it's funny if the if the NCAA would admit what we all know and that it's not about amateurism. It's about making money and treating these guys basically like professional athletes under the guise of amateurism. Then you could make a case, oh, students, regular students, not on campus, but athletes are right. Like you could if you just treat it, if you just look at "Hey, they're 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 athletes, athletes first, students second. So then you can make a case for hey, let's leave regular students off, but the athletes can stay. Like but they obviously can't do that. <laughs> that, that wouldn't work for what the NCAA is trying to accomplish. So I yeah, I, I we
0: let's see, and that's where I think if if, if if they hadn't already brought students to campus and they made the campus all virtual, then you're not treating them differently as students. They could like kind of have a fig leaf of hey, we're of not are, treating though. them differently. I'll, I use the term fig leaf there yeah. on purpose. But uh, there's always <laughs> you know. going to
1: be what if the people who don't give a crap about sports. And there are students like that at every college. They're there. To, they, some people go to college to learn. It, it's true. And some of them are be like, well, why do they get to be on campus and have a college experience? And I don't. Like, it, it's, it comes down to trying to – I mean, it, it's it's hypocritical to some degree, right, for schools do this, But they all know that. That's why they're backed into a corner here. Because they have to pretend that they're amateurs, and this is all about student safety and student-athletes, student-first, when in reality they want them playing because there's so much money on the line. Like, we know that. We may don't know that we were in college, we didn't think about that. But certainly now as borderline adults, we understand that the money is a huge issue. Would they want – I mean, some of the schools, obviously the ones who are really good, Ohio State wants to play because they're national championship contenders. You know, Oregon, like those schools are national championship contenders. They want to play because they have a chance to do some really big things. If you're Arizona, you want your guys out there because they committed to play football and all that. But you need to make the money from football. We've seen the talk about the budgetary shortfalls. Now, even if they get back on the field in November, I don't expect to see fans. Certainly not like we've seen some in the NFL games, a smattering, if you will. And I think that's probably safe enough distancing with masks and everything with a few thousand fans in Arizona Stadium. I think you could pull it off if you wanted to. But will they do it? I wouldn't expect it. And even then, you're not getting nearly the amount of fans that you would for a normal game. You're getting like half as many. So <laughs> I'm kidding. It's, it's well, less, a lot I, less than half. Like, but but so, well, the, so the money isn't always going to be there.
0: So crowd or announced crowd? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's, that, but that's the challenge, right? And when you're trying to navigate this, there's no... I wrote a thing for AZ Deserts from a while back to praise what Arizona was doing. And essentially, I was saying like, there's no right way, but there are so many wrong ways. And until you step into a wrong way, you're doing fine. you know. And the Pac-12, other than they've lost some players, like they haven't lost any lives. You know, they haven't had major outbreaks that we know of. So if all they've done is lose guys to the NFL or, in Arizona's case, like Texas Tech and Texas, you're doing okay. Now, as they start to go forward a little bit, if they can continue with that string of decent luck – then you can make this work and feel good about it. But I don't know. If I'm an LSU fan, obviously they're coming off a national championship, I'd be feeling pretty good. But if you have your coach going, oh, yeah, basically everyone got COVID. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, are you even trying to avoid this? Because there's a way to minimize that. And maybe it's hyperbole from Ed O'Dron. Like, it's possible. But I don't think that's the type of thing you would be hyperbolic about because it's not something to brag about. That's not like – that's a sense like, okay, yeah, so – maybe you can't do this like that's it's either a stupid thing to say that wasn't true or he was incredibly honest and that's bad
0: what's what's the the definition of a a gaffe is to accidentally tell the truth (laughs) um you know it's yeah and the the let's look at like lsu as an example right like like there's there's uh, tons of information and misinformation from from all various corners of the internet around like myocarditis and these long-term implications and the truth is we don't know the long-term implications right especially for at lsu where a lot of those guys have nfl careers in their future yes like we there's if if i was one of those guys i would very put seriously like, how much like if I was going to be a first round pick, uh, insurance policy of like, Hey, maybe my, I develop a heart condition due to this. That means I lose millions of dollars and get it, get an insurance policy on it because we don't know. Right. Um, I hope not, but we don't know there there's th- that's the, that's the, the scary thing. I think to your point, the the airing on the side of safety is pro- like probably where I want to come down as much as I want to see football. Um, but, boy, it's it's just complicated. <laughs> it is.
1: And that's why, like, if you're listening to this, and if you're hearing me say that, then you definitely are. But we've talked about this a lot because things have changed over the course of this pandemic. and But our perspective hasn't really entirely. Like it's always been, want to do it safely, and if it's possible to do that, and, you know, go forward and obviously with the testing changes and the capabilities that, but it doesn't prevent someone from getting COVID. It would, would in theory, prevent them from spreading it if they're noticed to have it and they could do whatever contact tracing and try to shell, you know, quarantine people. But if you lose an entire position group, that could be a problem for playing football. So just because they can test better and identify cases, that's huge, not just for football, but for society but that doesn't mean that you won't have entire groups or tons of people who have to at least for football wise be sheltering in place for at least a few days. You know, I think they could probably wait a few days and then test them again to see if they have it. Maybe not a full 2 weeks, but there's a lot of challenges even as they get this up and going. And you know, it looks like uh Kate Brown the governor in Oregon is like giving the blessing for Uh, Oregon, Oregon state to start practicing and doing things. And apparently according to Gavin Newsom, California could always do that. The schools there. So whatever, who knows, but as of right now, as of September 17th and probably by the 18th or 19th this weekend, when you listen to this, the PAC 12 will be on pace to have a season to have some form of a season before January 1st. That's where it's trending right now. Doesn't mean it'll still be the case two weeks from now or four weeks from now or five weeks from now, but right now, there seems to be that kind of optimism, like, right? and that's, I'll take it, but I'll definitely hedge with that too because I'm not going to be like, yep, it's happening because you can't. So, so Adam,
0: uh, with all of that, the with the information we have now, the fact pattern we have now, what would you say is the over/under on number of Arizona football games that will happen in this 2020/slash 2021 season? <sighs> I, honestly, I can't even give a number because, I, and I, I,
1: I'm still on the pessimistic side, I guess. But like, if they get going, it could happen. You could get—I don't know what schedule they're going to be planning. If it's an, <laughs> an eight-game schedule, a nine-game—I have no idea what they would do. But if I was a betting man, I would have a hard time putting a number on that. I would, but if I was a betting man, yeah, I would be using my bookie. That's right. When you use my bookie, you will double. Well, when you use my bookie, Brett, because if you want to bet on it, uh, you get a Tell winning me. season. What does a winning season mean, Brett? You ask. What is a winning season? It means doubling your first deposit. It also means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At my bookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long, however long that season is. So rejoice, the NFL is returned. Like that's actually happening. That seems to be going yeah. pretty well. Uh, so, you have your Sundays and Thursdays and Mondays. There's NFL football. I mean, the NFL is just, it's everywhere all the time, which is kind of nice, actually. I don't mind it. So, make sure you get on the action, use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. New players, Brett, get up to $1,000 in free play, which is designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Although, sometimes sports is exciting enough, you add the My Bookie Bet on top of that, and whew, that's, that might be too much excitement, actually. No such thing. No such thing, he says. So right now, for sure, there is college football. Also, you know, you can bet with the best NFL season for your chance to win big. Or gumber. use promo code Overtime and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. MyBookie sounds like a pretty
0: good, uh, good site, Adam.
1: Yeah, I, I, I feel like I mean it is, especially if you're a sports better. And we know a lot of people who listen to Wildcat Radio 2.0 are. And I kind of like the idea of. Betting on some of these games, if like I, I don't bet on Arizona games like ever, because I don't know if I'm betting with my heart or my head, and I don't. So I don't really bet on teams that I care about. Well, you've already bet your emotional well-being. Yeah, and like I don't want to be doubly upset (laughs) when Arizona loses. Like, okay, if they win, I want to be happy. I don't want to be bummed that they won. I lost a bet, and if they lose, then I'm still gonna be bummed even if I won a bet. So, but if I was gonna bet on Arizona or anyone else, my bookie is the way to go, and I would use promo code Overtime. To double my first deposit. So, Brett, we're a little bit less optimistic about football. Basketball, though, we have talked about a little bit better chance, I think, of actually coming back. And that's kind of being talked about coming back on November 25th with, but not an entire, like, not a full season. But uh, a maximum of twenty-seven regular season games, which is like four fewer than usual. But a minimum—I think—a minimum of like thirteen games in order to be eligible for the postseason tournaments, whatever that looks like. Basketball does seem more doable than football, but also they're putting in that November timeline in place.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, we've talked about it before. How basketball is—I think—a lot easier to quality control the safety procedures. Uh, have a better sense of where everyone on the, the team and the staff are at, um, and there's a there's a longstanding history of neutral site uh, tournaments early in yeah. the season that you can kind of take advantage of to essentially have a bubble without calling it a bubble. In That's terms true. of there like, are, there amateurism. are some
1: preseason bubbles, like the the NIT. Yeah. I think Arizona, like when they were in the Bahamas a couple of years ago, that was essentially a bubble
0: with six teams eight teams yeah that's doable yeah and it's, and that's something you can do with a bunch of basketball teams and you can have multiple games in multiple days not like football where if you you know played four games in four straight days you know you're ha, have fun fielding a healthy roster <laughs> or not <laughs> facing lawsuits right uh just just for the sheer uh penalty on the, on the body uh, that the sport uh, you know makes the players endure uh but yeah it's it seems like we're not, maybe not quite all systems go, but just just about there in terms of having a season. Which means, of course, I'm excited because my man crush on Kerr Carissa can finally come to uh, full term. So the first Carissa to Coloco Alley-oop is just going to be for you. Oh man, I I might shed a, a few tears of joy.
1: <laughs> but we we can talk about the ramp up for college basketball, like. To kind of relate back to football, Bruce Feldman in The Athletic had an awesome article that came out about the Pac-12 starting football. Like, what goes into that? And a lot of coaches basically said they need time. Like, even if the Pac-12 said we're going to start up in October, mid to late October, they're like, we need more time with that. These players haven't been practicing. They're not strong enough. These, like They're all basically saying they're going to get hurt. It'd be a ton of injuries if they tried to play that soon. At least they'd have to get in November. They'd probably prefer December in terms of like a strength and conditioning situation, because you can work out all you want, but football speed, football just as a sport is so different on your body, where if you're not physically ready to play, you're going to have to, you have some problems. Like that's what the coaches are saying. Like they all want to play, right? But why don't they want foot? Like they all want football to happen, but they just understand that you can't rush into a football season. Basketball is a little different. Never mind that a lot of these players have been playing pickup games anyway, but like a basketball practice, that's not like full contact practice. You're just playing basketball. So they would be more ready to play in November. And really, I'm trying to think of when basketball season, it usually starts in November, a little bit earlier than like November 25th. But in terms of the timeline, the calendar, that wouldn't be too far off of a normal basketball season. A few games short, like you said, like the maximum of 27 is like four fewer than the normal. But that's really, that's still a basketball season where if they can play that, I think people look at it and say, "Yep, that, that's a normal season. Whatever happened, there's no asterisks, no nothing. It's just that was a basketball season." But that's harder to do with football. So, to your point, like I, didn't, I hadn't even thought about it too. It's like all these preseason tournaments are basically bubbles. You know, they may not be forcing the kids to stay in their hotel rooms and like or like the Disney campus that a or that the NBA has done, but you have a group of teams in a place in a round robin tournament style setup. No, if you just said we're all going to play, they're all going to play each other. Not a tournament, just you're all going to play each other. As part of your non-conference schedule, you could do
0: that. Yeah, um, and I think you mentioned the bell for Atlantis. I think John Rothstein or somebody was reporting that they're thinking of moving it to uh, Sioux Falls, just like the Bahamas. So no so, one's going to want to go out call, anyway. Like, That's great. Some some would call Sioux Falls uh, the Bahamas of the Dakotas. <laughs> Who might those some people might. be? Uh, the uh, security guards at um, Mount Rush or yeah, Mount Rushmore. So I look <laughs> forward to
1: our incredibly negative review from the, our listeners who are from the Dakotas. That's cool. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. <laughs> but if you're not Frank and you liked that joke, make sure you leave some good reviews on the Wildcat Radio 2.0, on Spotify, yeah. on iTunes. Go ahead, you know, by all means. <laughs> you can even talk about how much you hate the Dakotas. That's fine, too, and that you appreciated Brett making fun of them. Unless you're Frank, in which case I'm sorry for Brett. He shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but
0: yeah, the back to our regularly scheduled content. Um, you know, the that I think that's generally one of the earliest ones. I, I can't remember if I if they moved the date up at all. But I know that the field has a pretty legit lineup. Um, I think it was Duke, A uh, and M, Ohio State, Creighton, Wichita State, uh, and a few others. I think maybe Utah. Um, that's a, that's, that's something approximating a pretty real, uh, neutral site non-conference schedule in and of itself, right? Yeah. If you're going to try to, if you're trying to get enough games to have, uh, enough credible non-conference games to be able to fill out a hopeful March Madness pool bracket of 68 teams, you know, you, you kind of have to have some non-conference games there. Otherwise you're just like, you know, how do you determine the at-large teams, right? Yeah, yeah. So I th- I think I think there's reason for there's more reason for optimism in basketball and the fact that just by the nature of the season starting later and all schools seem to be aligned generally around uh, a start date which we did not have with college football which is why I think there's a very real chance of it just being an absolute debacle of you know uh, how do you debate a 4 and 1 SEC team versus a 6 and 0 Big 12 team when it but comes yeah. to, like,
1: bowls, <laughs> Right. Well, and, that, and, and that's the advantage basketball had was that their season wasn't set to start in September. You know, their season would normally start in November, so where they could all be like, well, I'll wait. Whereas football, I guess, didn't have that luxury. Like, they could have. They could have gone together, the Power Five conference, and said, we're going to be organized on this. We're going to do the same thing. But they, they didn't, and football's going to have to reconcile with that. Like, that's going to be a problem for these conferences. It's hard to imagine it not being, like, Teams playing unbalanced schedules. Not to go back to football, but even like if the Pac twelve does like an eight team schedule, who do you miss in the north? Who like who misses who? That can make a huge difference. Like everybody always misses two teams no matter what. But if you're missing even more, or like it's unbalanced schedules are the worst and it's gonna be incredibly unbalanced this year. You won't have non conference to kinda pick up a couple extra wins in case you needed those. Yeah. But basketball won't have that issue.
0: Basketball shouldn't have that issue you know, to, to kind of harken back to our conversation, the fact that they seem to have general alignment from the top down, uh, that really sets you up, even if it's not going to be a, the complete exact schedule as was planned, uh, you can have something that approximates, uh, you know, a, a, a true schedule. And if the ultimate goal, let's just operate from the ultimate goal is having a viable, safe, uh, Safe enough season to ultimately have a viable safe uh, March Madness tourney. Mm-hmm. All the all the schools are aligned around that with timing, even with the delay. Um, you know, in college football, I don't think there's an alignment on what the goal actually is, other than we want to play and we want to make money.
1: <laughs> but the, isn't that yeah. it though? Basketball has the NCAA tournament. It's fine. Everyone wants college basketball to happen so there could be March Madness. College football is a completely different animal. Yeah, they, they couldn't be more different in terms of the organizational of the sports, that there's one true champion. Either. They do that with the playoff, too, in college football. But you're on 68 team's vying for it. Yeah, you know, there's no huge postseason that leads to that. So basketball has that easier. Like, by the nature of college basketball, this whole process of delaying a season and creating something that's going to be fair for everyone just seems
0: easier. I mean, can I be, can I be cynical and maybe stumble on what the reason is? Yes. <laughs> Most most basketball programs outside of like you know a, literally a handful lose money yeah in and of themselves the money maker is march madness therefore the goal is having march madness for college football you could be a team that goes 1 in 10 and it's still the biggest money maker for that school that year they make 20 million dollars or 50 million dollars or whatever so the the money goal there is just having the damn games not actually even getting to the bowl games. Yeah. So there's the incentive the financial incentives differ. Uh like Arizona is one of the few programs that actually turns a significant profit from the basketball program. Right? Mm-hmm. Um that is not true for probably ninety percent of the three hundred and fifty eight or whatever it is college basketball teams. In fact probably 300 of them probably lose money, and 40 of the remainder probably break even, yeah. right? Yeah. And so there's there's a certain alignment around what the objective is, and it's benefiting from the fact that it's later. It's smaller rosters, smaller staffs, uh, easier to play more games in a condensed time period. Well, that, um,
1: that's a big thing right there. Just the very nature of the sport allows you to play two. If you wanted to play three basketball games in a week, you could do it. And it's not terribly detrimental to anyone's health. Like, I mean, shoot, the NBA plays every other night often. You know, now these aren't NBA players, but it's basketball. It's not as taxing. You don't need a week to recover or a few days to recover from being basically in a car accident, <laughs> which is what football can can be for these guys. So, it's. I'm optimistic about basketball. I am. Like we you had know. a conversation about football and. Am I optimistic that they'll get eight an eight game season in a nine game season? like it's hard to be right now, but basketball? If you ask me, are they going to get some semblance of a season in? I'd say yes. I do believe that basketball can do it and will do it.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Like I think, I think the low end is twenty games played because you can you can get a good look at that uh, battle for Atlantis. There's what eight teams there. Maybe you don't even do a traditional just bracket. You do a round robin, right? And just say, hey, we're going to get seven non-conference games. You're going to play everybody, right? That's what I think it is. And it's just... not
1: like a true champion in a tournament. It's just like, hey, this is the bubble. Everyone plays four games here or whatever, five games, and there's your non-conference. Enjoy.
0: Yeah, ex- and that's, that is so much more feasible uh, for, like, you know, all the reasons we talked about and probably even more that we're not even thinking of. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on the optimism side. You know, we're obviously not getting the exact schedule, but I think, uh, you know, without major externalities, i.e., coronavirus cases going, astri- you know, really negative or some, you know, some other factor. Yeah. I think I think I think there's reason for legitimate optimism there. I think there's reason for legitimate skepticism of having a something that resembles a real season, even with it already having started in football. Yeah.
1: Well, Brett, so hopefully basketball will be able to go forward. We're both optimistic it will. We're going to take a break, and we come back. Not really any big news, but there are some notes coming out of the Arizona Wildcats programs, and we'll talk about those. We're back, and Brett, we could talk about players that are coming to Arizona and have to do with Arizona, or do you want to start with guys who decide Arizona wasn't for them? Like, good news or bad news? Which one do we start with? Let's get
0: the bad news out of the way first. Okay.
1: Bad news out of the way is more basketball-related, which I guess is rare for Arizona, and especially on Wildcat Radio 2.0. But in the last week, Ben Gregg officially decided to commit to Gonzaga over Arizona. That wasn't really a surprise to anybody you know, especially the tea leaves leading up to that recruitment or that commitment were saying it wasn't going to be Arizona. Like that was, that was pretty much a foregone conclusion before it happened. Yeah. And then no no surprise there. And similar, Nathan Biddle uh, committed to Oregon. Arizona was in him for a while, but I think more recently again, similar to Greg, it was like, yeah, he's not coming to Arizona and it's tough to pull guys from, you know, the Pacific Northwest from some of the best programs in the West coast, also based in the Pacific Northwest. So it's. You know, we talked before about as Arizona's recruiting is that a concern? These guys have been they would have been great guests to pull guys because Arizona's done it before. I think Aaron Gordon was from the Pacific Northwest. Arizona got him. Jason Terry, obviously different coaching staff, different era, but was from the Seattle area. So it's it's possible, but it was not expected, and I would not hold it against Arizona for not landing those two big guys who they're really probably gonna be really good players. But that was just that was too tall in order for Arizona to pull guys like that from basically home.
0: Yeah, I mean it's been done before but it's been hard like Aaron Gordon I'm pretty sure Lorenzo Romar had been recruiting him since he was in fifth grade was friends with the family did everything possible and he still came to Arizona yeah you know that's 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 us being spoiled um but you know I think it's not necessarily a surprise but I think as we talked about I think last week I think if 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 you if Sean Miller hasn't earned your if if not your trust your um the experience should tell you to not fret until the class is, is filled. <laughs> yeah, and there's
1: there's more guys out there. Some players that Arizona is in on, uh, Shane Noel, who has been rumored. I think a lot of people think Arizona is the favorite for him. He's also from the from that area, so that'd be you know he's from Washington, so that'd be a good get there. Deron Holmes, who has played in Arizona, they're in on him. Demarco Dunn, Drian Sharp. So like, there's there's players out there. Arizona's recruiting class is not. They still have KJ Simpson. He didn't go anywhere. So there's still other guys out there, and to your point, Brett, again, like even this year's recruiting class, it didn't look nearly as good as it finished, you know, this time last year. You know, so <laughs> that's the nature. But we we have been spoiled with Sean Miller and the recruiting when they could pretty much pull anyone they wanted, it seemed like when you're getting Aaron Gordon from Washington when it, he'd been recruited by Rob Mars since he was like five. You know, <laughs> like that's that makes you think, oh, it can happen. And yes, there's a reason why people used to refer to Sean Miller as some sort of witch, because he could do stuff like that. But it's also what made him special because he could do stuff like that, because not everyone can. It's hard, and especially the circumstances Arizona's dealing with right now. You can't expect them to pull guys away from Gonzaga, from Oregon, you know. Even when those are like the guys' dream schools, right? <laughs> like that's tough. Um, it is. Yeah. So I mean,
0: there's. I think uh, our our Desert Swarm friends had an article on. There was a French player that we offered. That I mean, just looking at the picture they found to put in that story. Looks like a player, you know. I yes. haven't watched any of the film on it. I was yet, to say, no, he's
1: he's dribbling a basketball. Looks like he's driving into the hoop. He looks like someone who plays basketball. Yes, if that's what you're getting at from the picture. He he
0: looks athletic. Yeah, uh,
1: I'll, I think Armel Traor. I'm just going to call him that. We'll call him Big A. Call
0: or Ben, or, or Mel,
1: that works too. <laughs> but yeah, he's a French player in Arizona. obviously we've seen what they've done on the recruiting trail from some of the overseas players and. Hopefully they're as good as we think they are. I know we're both pretty excited about the talent they did bring in, and this kid is one of those guys who looks like he would make an impact, too, at the college level. He's already got offers from Memphis, St. Mary's, Utah, Washington, Washington State. So, yeah, this isn't like a nobody that Arizona is in on. Maybe they get him. But either way, the recruiting class will have some good players in it because it's Arizona, and that's just what they do. Um, Other news, football got a commitment over the last week, a cornerback. Uh, Javion Carr. I need. Can they just start getting guys with names I can pronounce and feel confident in? I think you got Carr right. I hope so. <laughs> it's probably like a silent C or something like that, you know. But he's a a, a three star. He held off for some Texas Tech, Kansas State, Northwestern, Kansas, and some mid majors. So not a terrible offer list. Um, as a defensive back, 5'11", 160 pounds. Just another commitment tears on his twenty twenty one class.
0: Yeah, another, uh, another Texas guy, right? Um, he, I think he was on two, four, seven sports. I think he was unranked initially and then they ranked him over the weekend and he came in, uh, you know, at a, uh, eight, four, five, two, which is kind of right in line with what our average rating is that slots him right above Jackson Bailey, Colby cage and Casey O'Sai and above a uh, local Tucson kid, Stevie rocker. So, uh, you know, if nothing else it seems like a guy for his position has some length uh you know we're to some extent i think we're going to test the theory that some of us myself included have been uh, clamoring for of texas three stars might add a lot more value than than say an, even an arizona four star yeah um because he would fit he'd be one of those guys that might be able to fill that fit that kind of mold
1: yeah, and the 23rd member of the class, which is filling up quickly, and, of course, we don't know what twenty twenty one will look like in terms of roster construction after all of this. But of course, if they start playing and get through a season starting in November, maybe we everything kind of goes back to normal to a degree, which actually it probably would because if fear was like a spring season. How can you do that two seasons in a year? But if you start in November, I guess in theory you could be done by January and have a season in, and then everybody's fine. What they do with roster construction, though, who knows? We do know Arizona needs more linebackers now than they did two months ago, so that's that's a thing. But so that, that's good. The recruiting class is still moving along. I don't know how many they can
0: take. What twenty five? And they already got twenty three guys lined up. It's twenty five guys in a class, eighty five overall. And then if there's mid year enrollees, transfers, there's some, you know, there's there's ways to fudge the numbers or like account a mid year enrollee. You can I think go to either class and get to eighty five. It's it's like like coronavirus, it can get complicated. <laughs> That's the
1: theme of today. this week's show is it's complicated. We're basically a uh, Facebook relationship status.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's basically 2020, man. Right. Um, otherwise,
1: you know, the news over the weekend, the last weekend the NFL happened and some Arizona guys played well. J.J. Taylor especially got some run with the New England Patriots had four carries for 28 yards with a long of 11 yards and saw someone tweeted about him. One of the scouting people on Twitter is like, you check out this J.J. Taylor. It's like, yep, he can play football. So that's really cool to see him having success. It's only been one game and it's not like he was their bell cow and had 100 yards or anything. But it was nice to see him get some playing time. An undrafted rookie free agent who played week one in New England's win over Miami. And when you see J.J. Taylor from Arizona,
0: that's nice. Yeah, Uh, I think we all thought we were disappointed that he wasn't drafted but we all thought him going to the patriots was going to be a perfect fit um i'm actually even more intrigued to see if they continue to use him you know i like i said last week i think he was painfully underutilized in the passing game uh getting him the ball in space because they were running in between the tackles they weren't afraid to do that in that game um but we'll see it's it's it, but it's it's certainly heartening as an arizona wildcat fan and as a jj, JJ taylor fan all right and one more thing do you know Seth McKellar, Brett? That name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure from where.
1: Yeah, he's Arizona's long snapper, which is why you really don't know who he is because you don't want to know who the long snapper is. But this week, oh, yeah,
0: do you like that? That was good, that's, right? Yeah, it means he does a good job.
1: Yeah, it's one of those positions where if you never hear their name, you know they're doing it right. Uh, he was granted a scholarship this week, a full ride, so that's what he was a walk-on and he is now on scholarship for Arizona, and that's cool because it's one of those positions that you don't think about, you don't want to think about, but when you have someone who does it well, like, it is very, very valuable because when you have a bad snap that costs you a field goal, costs you a punt, just something, it's disastrous, but when every snap goes perfectly, then you're like, you, it, it's, it's one of the weirdest positions in football, right? Because, yeah. like, every other position you can point to them when they have a good play or a bad play, their bad plays may not be as devastating but a long snapper's bad play could ruin an entire game. In that one moment, you know, one moment is one bad snap and he didn't have those. I don't remember even thinking about the long snapper last year of all of Arizona's problems and they had a lot last year. I don't remember this long snapping being one of them. So that's a that's a credit to Seth McCower, and Congratulations to him for landing a scholarship. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Hopefully I'll remember his name and then forget it because he only has great snaps the rest of his career. Yeah, that that'd be awesome. So Brett, I think that, that takes us through this show again.
1: From recap, football may happen. It's trending that direction. If you're listening to this after the decision's been made, well, it's not a choose-your-own-adventure type of podcast, but you know it seems to be going that direction. Hopefully, if they do make that decision, if they have made that decision, it'll work out. Basketball kind of in the same boat. They're leaning towards November. If they make the decision, hopefully in two months, we're talking about how basketball's about to be starting up, and we're confident that's going to go ahead. And then... You know, so we'll we'll see what happens there. I imagine by next week's show, we'll have some decisions on those. And of course, if there's any recruiting news or other stuff coming out of Arizona, we'll be happy to talk about that too. Otherwise, be sure to send us your questions. Wildcat Radio AZ on Twitter. If you have any questions, want to get in a little mailbag, by all means, hit us up. Uh, make sure you're listening to the network for all sorts of content. The play-by-plays that Bryant and the rest of the guys have been doing—they've been enjoyable. Uh, make sure you're subscribing iTunes. Uh, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you will find Wildcat Radio AZ. And, of course, subscribe and leave us a positive review, unless you're a fan of the Dakotas, in which case I understand why you would not. Just make sure you make it's known that it was Brett's fault
0: on your comment, please. You can leave a negative review for me, Brett. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Either way, we also take positive reviews. We like those as well. And we'll, we'll do this again next week. But until then, remember to bear down.
0: Bear down. I'm up.